Howdy! Welcome back to the Better Living for Texans podcast. It is summertime, also known as the season of picnics and barbecues, but as any Texan will tell you, it is hot outside. And while not everyone enjoys the heat, bacteria found on food thrives in warm weather. So today we're talking about important food safety practices to follow during these hot summer months. On our recent episode, we learned that one in six people contract a foodborne illness each year. So whether you're in charge of bringing the potato salad, watermelon, or something else to the next picnic, keep listening to learn about how to prevent that harmful bacteria from growing on your food so that any and all foodborne illness can be avoided. Joining me today is Natalie Knesik, a family and community health county extension agent. Hi, Natalie. Thanks for being a guest today. Uh, will you introduce yourself and talk a little bit about what you do for AgriLife Extension uh, before we get started? Sure. Uh, my name is Natalie Knesik, and I am the County Extension Agent for Family and Community Health in Lavaca County. Um, my main role in the county is to help deliver health and wellness education and activities and opportunities to um, the residents of Lavaca County. I'm also the 4-H coordinator, so I have a, a large youth development component in what I do on a daily basis. But food safety is one of my several program plans. And so that's that's what I do for the county. Um, my background, I have a bachelor's degree in home economics with secondary certification from Tarleton State University, have a master's in family and child studies from Texas State University, and my PhD is from Texas Tech um, in family and consumer sciences education. So, Awesome. Well, so glad to have you here um, to share some of your expertise with us um, on food safety. Um, so, it's summertime in Texas, which means it's very hot, but um, it's also a very popular time for getting together for picnics and barbecues, um, lunches by the slush pad, all those gatherings that involve food. Um, certainly don't um, go on pause just because it's warm. <laughs> but today we're going to talk about how to keep that food safe in this hot weather. So uh, to start off, Natalie, um, can you tell us about what sort of food safety concerns are associated with hot weather? Sure. Um, food, food safety concerns, well, food safety should be concerned all the time, but in hot weather, we really need to be, be more mindful of it because the warmer it is, the more bacteria is growing and the faster it's, it's multiplying. The safety zones for food safety are below 48 degree, 40 degrees and above 140 degrees, really above 135 degrees. But when it is warmer outside, we want to be very mindful that bacteria is multiplying more quickly between 40 and 140 degrees. 
we tend to when we do picnics and family reunions and the activities that we've known and loved our whole life we tend to do it the same way that our parents did it and so it's not unusual to just you know throw a napkin or a tablecloth over the food and set it to the side because that's what generations before us did but we have sound science evidence that shows us why it's not a good idea and foodborne illness is very real and we can become very sick from eating foods that um, are growing in excess of bacterias. And so the um, passenger safety specialists last summer shared with us a graphic and extension that that demonstrated how quickly a, a car heats up and about every five minutes a car can heat up as much as 10 degrees. So if you think about that and you think about, well, your car might have started out at 75 or 80 degrees in the next 30 minutes, it's it's warmed up to an uncomfortable temperature and an unsafe food temperature for sure. Um, we also want to think about that when we have bought groceries and those kinds of things, when it is warmer outside a lot of people don't think about that if they know that their food is supposed to be safe for two hours because that's what we teach in food safety education if it's above 90 degrees that two hour becomes one hour mm -hmm. so if you have gone and bought groceries and you're out running errands if you have unloaded groceries and you've not put them away and perhaps your house is warm because it's hot outside. I know my mother-in-law doesn't have central heat and air and there's times when I know her home, if it's not 90 degrees, it's pretty close everywhere other than right in front of her air conditioner. And so those are concerns that we really need to think about, um, especially during the summer heat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you said you mentioned some really um, good points there. You know, a lot of food safety is just reducing that risk of bacteria over you yes. know growing rapidly and and heat is one of those things that allows it to to just grow fast and so you know you mentioned that 40 to 140 to keep foods below or above that and then i think that you know um what you mentioned about if it's 90 degrees um that two hour window where you're safe actually goes down to one hour i think maybe that's not something many people know that know about as much um but yeah great point and you know i'm just thinking it's so easy when like we're doing these outdoor get-togethers or picnics to you know usually like sit down and have the meal and then you just forget about that food and and time goes by and you know you just don't even realize that that yes. two-hour window is gone um yes but it's very important to keep that that food safety mind because it's it's easy to do it's easy to just you know put that away real quick and then keep going on but also easy to forget um so what steps or suggestions do you have that will help ensure that like our groceries and like these picnic foods are safe um during these hot summer days there are some really easy things that we can do that we can just make a habit all of the time. 
So a few things, if you are planning an outside barbecue or if it's even just your cooler that's sitting in the car because you're on a road trip, keep it in the shade rather than in sunlight. It won't warm up as quickly that way. If you're getting ready to travel somewhere, go ahead and start your car and cool it down before you put your ice chest and cooler bags into the car. If you're going to pick up groceries, like I had mentioned before, make that your last stop. Don't stop somewhere else and run errands. If you're more than 20 minutes away from the grocery store, which uh, I live in South Texas and there's lots of us that live out in the country and are 20 minutes from the grocery store. If you're further than 20 minutes away from the grocery store, take a cooler bag with you so that you can keep your foods from thawing. One of the mistakes that, that a lot of people that they make that they don't think about is that our food might partially thaw out our frozen foods and then we stick them back into the freezer or even go ahead and start to cook them but they're not going to cook evenly because they're not thawed evenly. And so we could have undercooked foods because we're testing it and finding that part of it has cooked all the way and we didn't see that the other part did not. So that's something to, to take some caution and concern about. Um, another, another tip when packing coolers, use the ice bricks or ice packs or even a Ziploc bag of ice rather than just loose ice that melts um, because you don't want your food floating in water as the, the ice is melting, but that'll also help reduce some cross-contamination. If you're transporting meats, package them separately in an airtight sealed container to really, really avoid the opportunity for any bacteria to travel from that meat to your other foods. I would even recommend packaging each of your raw vegetables separately. Avoiding cutting up your fruits and vegetables ahead of time can help transport them whole rather than sliced. If you're going camping or you're going for a picnic, wash your fruits and vegetables ahead of time so that you don't have to go find a clean water source. Um, that's something a lot of people don't necessarily think about. Um, and all of these are tips that you can find by going to AgriLife Extension's Food Safety Unit's website. Um, I have no new original ideas. These are all things that they've taught me. Then also think about, um, again, like I mentioned, the car and how much it heats up. So if you can locate your car, if you're say traveling, my girls, I'll use us as an, use my family as an example. My girls and I in non-COVID years make a road trip from down here in South Texas to South Bend, Indiana every summer. Mm -hmm. And so that we're not eating junk food and bad forest things all along the way. And so that we can save money, we tend to pack our breakfast and our lunches and carry them with us. It's a multi-day road trip. So when we book our hotels, we look for hotels that have at least a refrigerator in the room so that we can remove our cooler at night, take it into the room, refreeze the ice packs, and put the food into refrigeration overnight so that we're ready to go again the next day. 
So that's just that's a that's a Natalie tip. That's something that I learned after after making several of these long distance trips. And so those are some of my tips. Um, awesome. That was a lot of really. Yeah, those are all excellent. Um, you know, you mentioned some great stuff in keeping simply keeping coolers in the shade or um, cooling your car down, making sure your groceries is your last stop if you're running errands. Um, I think there's a lot of people who associate foodborne illness with meats and they don't think about that foodborne illness can also be in our fruits. It can be in our vegetables. It can be in honey. It can be in our dairy products. And so we want to make sure that whatever food we're handling, we're handling it safely. Um, and of course, you know, one tried and true thing is to always wash our hands before handling our food. Yes, <laughs> um, it can't be said too many times. Um, yeah. And I like that suggestion that you had about uh, transporting vegetables whole instead of cut up. I, it's not something I think about very often, but um, it makes sense because, you know, once you cut into those vegetables and fruits that does kind of allow for some more potential um, bacteria growth and then also washing it ahead of time those whole vegetables so yeah I think that's such a, a good thing to keep in mind um, and, and you mentioned you know all of this information is um, available um, through AgriLife's food safety website so definitely a great resource um, for people if they're looking for more um, information on this. Any other tips or um, another thing I want to ask is if there, and I think you, you know, you mentioned some here, but are there any like common mistakes that you see people making when handling food? You, you talked about um, people not really thinking about fruits and vegetables as being food safety issues. I think it goes back to also, you know, one of the common mistakes that I see is even if we know the food safety rules and we know that we're supposed to not leave it out, we tend to, because out of our own experience, having not had anything happen to us in the past, we'll make exceptions about things. Maybe it's the fried chicken that we'll make an exception about, but you don't want it to be that one time that because you made an exception, you now are sick from it. And so it's it's just being cognizant that it really does apply to everything. It's not, you know, oh, because my great aunt Sue said it was OK. <laughs> and so and that's that's an ongoing conversation that that I have with some older family members, you know, that it, well, we always have done it this way. Um, another thing too, is to be aware of, you know, when it, when we are cooking foods outdoors, we want to make sure that we're getting them done to safe temperatures. And so making sure that um, when we're preparing meats, that we're getting them up to the safe temperatures that are for those meats. And so poultry needs to be at 165 degrees and you take that temperature at, the, at its thickest point. Um, ground beef, if you've got hamburgers on the grill, you need to be at 160 degrees with those. And so um, 
when you're packing, pack a meat thermometer. That's not something you think about as a picnic item. But if you're going camping and you're going to be doing all of your food as outdoor cooking, it's really an essential item to have. Oh, yeah. I mean, um, I like to just keep an extra one with my camping stuff. That way it's there and I don't even have to think about it when I pack, but um, because I will forget that thermometer. But Something else that we discovered on our road trips, and if somebody really wants to just play around with the things that they have, we discovered that we had certain ice chests and cooler bags that were better than others. Yeah. And and that they what we discovered wasn't what we would have assumed or thought. Right. Mm. So, you know, not necessarily the name brand cooler or the name brand cooler bag, um, but carrying them all day long from one point to the next and unloading them in the evenings. What what worked and what didn't. Um, we, we now know out of trial and error. And so if somebody's planning a big trip somewhere, they might want to go ahead and just put some ice, some drinks down or something like that, something that's not going to be ruined if it if it's not effective and set them out and see which one performs better. Do their own consumer test to see what performs better. Yeah, that's a great idea. And, you know, using that for like waters or other drinks, that's a good idea. That won't, you won't have to worry about, like you said, um, food safety as much with, with those. Well, awesome. Um, this has been a lot of really helpful information, especially, you know, as people are planning more barbecues and picnics with their families and friends <laughs> to keep these things in mind, I'm sure will help um a lot um is there anything else you want to mention before we wrap up i'll just end it with saying always keep hot foods hot and cold foods cold and when in doubt throw it out yes absolutely those are two food safety rules that are easy to remember (laughs) well um and, and i will say um for listeners if you are wondering more about cooking specifically um, episode nine of the podcast um, goes over some food safety practices for cooking outside um, if you're interested in that specific topic. But Natalie, this has been um, excellent and I really enjoyed this conversation. So thank you so much for being here today. Sure. Right, well, we'll call that good for today and catch you next time. Okay. Thanks, Hannah. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. For more great tips, check us out on facebook.com slash better living for Texans and on Instagram and Twitter at better Texans. The USDA is an equal opportunity provider and employer. This material was funded by the USDA's Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, SNAP.